How's everybody feeling? You feeling good? Come on, you feeling good? You feel, all right, okay. Awesome, awesome. Man, next, next Sunday is going to be incredible. I, 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 for Jess and I, it is another moment where we get to just put another stake in the ground and say, this is our church. This is where God has planted us. And we are excited for what God's going to do through that story offering next Sunday. I know all, so many of you are praying over what you're going to give. And God's been working in your heart. I, I'm excited for that moment uh, next Sunday to celebrate with you all. If you would, let's all pray together. Let's jump in for the next couple of minutes. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that every single one of us, God, would actually be open to what you're doing in our lives. God, that we wouldn't be closed off. That God, no matter what we came in here with. Father, I pray that we would be an open book to you. God, you'd be able to write on us exactly what you want to write on us. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that there would be things that maybe we need to let go of. Father, that this morning would be the morning that we would let go of those things. Father, I pray there would be freedom in this room. God, that there would be confidence built in this room. God, there would be faith built in this room. God, there would be expectation built in this room. Father, I pray this wouldn't be just another Sunday, but God, this would be our Sunday. This would be a marker for every single one of us. God, we're praying for something new and fresh this morning. Come on, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I, 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 I had this uh, thought as we were going through this series. I, I wanted to uh, talk about this story um, in uh, scripture from a, a couple of different uh, a couple of different moments where the same story is told through a couple of the disciples. Um, and I, I'd love for you to turn, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me, um, John chapter 6. Um, and uh, if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay, you can read with us. Um, John chapter 6, verse 1. There's this idea that a lot of us, um, when we see something... We, uh, okay, whatever we see is like, okay, that's, that's what's happening. And, um, you know, this is uh, my, my son, uh, I was trying to show him a magic trick. I'm not a magician at all. But I, I knew this one coin trick, and I tried to do it. I did it so terribly that I was like, oh, look at this quarter. And he's like, Dad, it's right there in your hand. I'm like, that's part of the trick. You know, it just, I, I, I totally botched it, but I was trying to do it. Now, now listen, magicians will tell you the, the, the best way to do a trick is, is, is you got to be really good at misdirection and showing, and, and, and getting somebody's eyes to look at one thing why something else is happening in your other hand or, or somewhere else. And, um, and, and I, I was thinking about this and thinking this happens a lot for us in our life where we keep fixating on something. And we think that that one thing is going to be coming at us one way. In fact, so many of us see stuff in our life right now and think that this is the end or this is uh, the, sh the shoe's about to fall. This thing is, is not going to go the way that I, I want it to go. And, and I want to read through um, this uh, this part of scriptures, John chapter one, John chapter six, verse one said, after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias, and a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went. 
because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. A huge crowd follow him at wherever he went. Now, we look at this and think, oh, this is awesome. It, it wasn't that awesome to see this huge crowd coming to Jesus because with the crowd came a lot of problems. With the crowd came a lot of needs. With the crowd came, I need, how are we going to feed all these people, which we'll get to in a second. And, and the disciples saw this. Jesus did not, in, in another, um, in, in another uh, tr not translation, but another disciple, as he was writing this, he said, Jesus saw this crowd and had compassion on them. But the disciples saw the crowd and were like, that's going to be a problem. That, that's going to be an issue. And, and I wonder for all of us, what do we see when we see things coming at us? Do we see problems or do you see opportunity? I'm asking you, what is your default setting? What, what is your, when you see a bill come in the mail, that's a problem. Or do you see an opportunity? God's going to be faithful. Don't lie to me. You know, dude, when you see a pro when you see something coming at you, for all of you students, you got finals coming up. Do you see problems or you see opportunity? Well, some of you are like, well, if I've been studying all semester, I'd see an opportunity. But right now it's a big problem. Do you, do you see, when you see relational things happening, do you see problems or opportunities? When you look at your marriage, do you see a problem or do you see an opportunity? When you look at your health, do you see a problem or do you see an opportunity? When you look at your bank account, do you see a problem or do you see an opportunity? What is your default setting? Do you immediately think this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem? Or do you see God's going to move, God's going to move, God's going to move, God's going to move? And I'm not trying to get on your case or get on my case. I'm just asking us, what do we see? What, what comes through our, our, our mind? Because here's the thing. If you consistently see problems, a lot of times when you see a problem, you'll avoid it. When you see something that looks like a problem, I'm out. I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to even go to the mailbox. I'm not going to even get that. No one's writing me letters. Fannie Mae is not sending me a get well soon card. It's something else. I'm not, you know, I'm just going to avoid it. It's like, you know, when you get, uh, when you're on, you're on GPS and you're trying to go somewhere and it shows you that big red line of traffic and then gives you an alternate route. And you're like, oh, alternate, alternate route, alternate, alternate. I, Jess and I were driving. One time we were going back to Austin to see her family. And we were driving, and it started showing this huge red line. There was like a, 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 an accident or something. She's like, Ben, 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 there's, there's, there's this, uh, 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 you got to get off. You got to get off. And I'm like, what? What? I, I don't know if you guys have ever had. Like sometimes with traffic, it really shows how good your marriage is. 
And so we're driving, and, and, and I'm just driving along. I'm just in my mind. I'm just having a good time. You know, all of a sudden, you got to take this exit. You got to take this exit. And I'm like, no, it's not. You're going to go that way. No, you're going to get in there. You know, it's all of this stuff, back and forth, back and forth. And I miss the exit. She's like, oh, we're going to be in traffic forever. And I'm like, no, we're not. And I pull off into the actual gully, overrun, driver, oh, you know, I'm hitting everything. And I'm like, yeah. And Jess is just looking at me. She's like, if you would have listened in the first place. I'm like, no, I did it. <laughs> but we do, we do all the things we can to avoid a problem. I don't want to be stuck in that. And we think that we're problem adverse. Listen to me. But what it's making us is miracle adverse. The reason we don't get to see as many miracles is because we run away from every problem. Because we see it as a problem, not as an opportunity. I, I, I know some of those things are tough. I know some of that stuff with your family feels like it's just overwhelming. I know that some of us are in relationships right now that feel like I just want to run away from this. I, I know some of us are facing some things that feel like the best thing for me is just to leave. But if you leave, what happens is you miss the miracle of what God could absolutely do. Look, look at what happened. This is Matthew talking about the same idea. Matthew, uh, they see the crowd. And the evening the disciples came to him, Matthew chapter 14, verse 15. The evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. How many of us are like those? I, I'm like that. Right? Dude, I'm not, I'm, I'm not taking everybody to Chick-fil-A. It's Sunday. They're closed anyway. We're not going. I, this is too many people. I, don't, have any of you ever reminded God of the sacrifices you've already made when he asked you to make another one? You know, like, wouldn't the disciples be okay? Just let me talk. It's just my life that I'm trying to just put out. You guys do great. I'm doing it. You got these disciples, they left, right? Remember what they did? They left everything to follow him, right? They don't got no boats now. They, got, they just left everything. And they're like, all right, send the crowds away because, you know, we, we broke. Right? Like, how many times have we pushed people away because of our past sacrifice? Because we're like, I've done, en I've done enough. And look what Jesus said. But Jesus said, verse 16, that isn't necessary. You feed them. You feed them. Jesus, what? Tell me I feed them. I got nothing. I've got lint in my pockets. I've, why in the world? Because he's wanting to do something here. But if he wants, this is how God works. He wants to use us to do a miracle. He, what God wants to work is not just to do something through him. He wants to do something through you. 
And so he starts looking at you and say, you feed him. And you're like, no, you feed him. No, you feed him. How is that, how is that going to work? Okay, I'm not going to push him away. Go back to John. John chapter 6, verse 3. Then Jesus climbed a hill. This is back before the crowds came. Jesus climbed a hill, sat down with the disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. And turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Jesus sees a crowd, and then all of a sudden he asks a question. We so many times pray for answers, but what happens when you don't get an answer? You get a question. I don't know about you. I get mad. I'm praying. I want an answer. And Jesus gives us a question. He turns to Philip and says, where are we going to buy food for all these people? I don't know. And, and, and I'll do one better. I don't care. I'll do one even better than that. I don't think anybody should care. They should all go back and get their own food. Little freeloaders. You already healed them. We go back one more chapter. You already, see, Jesus, you already did it. You gave them a little bit, and now they're wanting a lot because th this is what happens with the crowd. They're starting to look at Jesus as a meal ticket. And the disciples are looking at him and saying, no, this has gone far enough. And, and, and I look at this and I think, why is Jesus not giving an answer but asking a question? I know when I ask, I just think about it with, with Watson and I. When I ask Watson a question, I don't need an answer. You know, when, I, when, when Watson says something to me and I was like, well, what do you think? It's not like I'm sitting up there going, man, I hope Watson gets this because I have no idea. Because <laughs> I really need an answer right now, son. I know you're only five, but I, I hope you know the whole family's riding on this. So, you know, you really need to come through. When I ask Watson a, a question, I'm not looking for an answer. I'm looking to stretch him. And I want him to start thinking in a new way. I want him to start thinking for himself. I'm wanting him not to think and start problem solving and not looking for me just to do everything for him. I'm trying to get him to stretch when I ask him a question. What do you think? You know, uh, there's so many. Now, listen, he says some really weird stuff when I ask him what does he think. Uh, he says some stuff that's just not, you know, no, we're not going to do that, but good, good try. You know, like th there are some things that he, he's still trying, but what I'm trying to do is to get him to Think and stretch. And Jesus was trying to get his disciples to think and to stretch. And Jesus is trying to get us all to think.
It's stretched. God, what are you going to do with my family? And, and how many of you have felt, what are you going to do with your family? Right? I, I want to reply back to God. <laughs> I asked you first. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want to be involved. I just need an answer. But see, here's the difference between... The, you, if you go back to that scripture that we read, understand the disciples had circled around Jesus, and Jesus is treating the crowd different than his circle. Because the crowd only wants something from Jesus, but Jesus wants to turn his disciples into something. So, so when is the moment, come on everybody, this is where I really want us to dig in here. When is the moment that we change from the crowd to the disciples? Well, the moment happens when you start understanding that it's not about what I just get from Jesus. It's about what he's trying to get into me and through me. And so it changes from that moment. But so many of us never take that step out from crowd into disciple because we don't realize what it costs you. And, and, and what it does is it costs, it costs you something. And Jesus is trying to get Philip to understand this is, this is going to cost you some involvement. Where you have your whole, day, your whole life have pushed problems away and pushed those things away. No, I want you to embrace them. Because in the moment you start embracing them, you're actually embracing a miracle. You just haven't seen it yet. And you're also embracing your involvement. Because I just don't like to do miracles. I like to make miracles. And so I'm going to make a miracle in you while I'm actually doing a miracle over here. If you would just embrace this opportunity, what I'll do is I'll bring new life into you and bring new life into the problem. I'll bring new life into your marriage and make you a new person. I'll bring new life into your, your health and I'll make you an answer where even doctors are like, what happened in that thing? I will do stuff if you'll just embrace this. So he's trying to stretch and he's asking Philip for something. But this is the difference between crowd and disciple. A lot of us are like, no, 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 God, I came to you for something. I don't want you to ask me for something. I came for you something. I got no food. I, 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 got, no, I, I got no energy left. I, I don't know how I'm going to work this thing out of my work. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Have you seen my bank account? Because I haven't, it's, it is zero. Like, have you, have you seen the stuff that, the, 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 the text messages that I keep going back and forth and back and forth, and all I want to do is have peace in my life, and I can't. God, I, I'm just asking you for something, and then all of a sudden you get a question back. Because God is trying to stretch you. And this is the stretch that we want to take. Listen, now, uh, here, can I tell you something? Some of you, you're like, no, 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 I can't be involved right now. I need some healing. I, I just got out of some really bad stuff, and I need, can I tell you, heal. Heal. It's okay. 
God's, God's got time for you. God is healing you. God is doing some stuff in your life. That's okay. It's okay. Take some time. But I, I want you to know, take some time. Don't stay there. Because we have confused the church's role in this whole thing. And what has happened is we've confused the church. The church is a hospital. It's not hospice. The hospital is there for healing. So you can get back up and do the things that God has asked you to do. Hospice is there to make you comfortable till you die. But so many of us have confused the church, and we start looking at the church as hospice. So we come in and we say, are you there to make me comfortable? Well, well, yeah, the hospital's there to make you comfortable for a bit, but really it's also trying to make you healed so you can go out and do the things that God's called you to do. But it's not a hospice that is there like, oh, you got hurt and there's no hope for you, but we're just going to make you comfortable until you die. I'm telling you, that is not how God looks at his church. God looks said his church is something that is looking for you to take a next step so some of you might be asking for answers but God's giving you a question and when God gives you a question he's letting you know that I have healed you and I'm trying to stretch you into something new into something great and he believes in you so so let him do it let him stretch you because the miracle is about to come but he wants to use his disciples to see this happen. He, he looked at this and said, man, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to be a part of what's happening. So you can see, you can feel like Philip, like, dude, why are you, why are you asking me what are we going to, where are we going to buy food? You, you know we have nothing. You, you know that there's too many people. Also, you know this is a remote place. There's not even a place to buy food. So, so all of this is wrong. God, why are you trying to stretch me right now? God, why have you asked me to forgive that person? When all I want you to do is exact some judgment on them. Right? Anybody ever, you know, you want a little grace for yourself, a little judgment for them? You know what I mean? God, all, all, all I want is this or that. And God's giving you a question. This is why, listen, for our church, this is why we have the story offering next Sunday. Because we feel like God's asked us to question as a church. You know how many times church, oh, God, heal our land, heal, heal the city, help people who are hurting. And God's like, where are you going to buy food? <laughs> You're like, no, 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 I asked you first. God, God, do the thing in the city. And God's like, I already did the thing in the city. I put you your church here. So we see crowd, God sees his church. And so we got the story offering coming next Sunday, and, and I believe that every single gift God is asking us to give is just another moment where God is saying, here, be a part of this miracle. We, we're, 
I, I'm, I, there's so many things that we're going to be doing, opening up our church and making room for more people. You know, Tulsa's got a lot of people who, um, who know church, but they're orphans. They're just by themselves. They love God, but they don't have a place to belong. This church for them. That we've got people, listen, what we're, uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing uh, for Christmas, I, I love, we call it the local family um, Christmas party. What we do is we get, uh, we have some schools that uh, will send us names of families that have just had a hard time um, this year, and, and Christmas looks a, a little hard for them. And what we get to do as a church is we get to roll out the red carpet for them. We get to have a huge dinner for them, provided for them and all their kids. And they come and they get celebrated. And then uh, then we have a huge bag of toys and gifts for each and every kid. Over two hundred dollars worth of toys that we get to and, and gifts that we get to buy for these kids. And we get to get a two hundred dollar gift gift certificate for the parents that uh, say, hey, take this to Walmart and get food and get whatever you need. We want to take the burden of Christmas off of you because so many of those families are like, we can make it, but how are we going to do Christmas? And all of a sudden as a church, we get to come in and say, let us bless you. I know it's been a hard year, but let us bless you. Listen, this is being the answer as a church, not just telling you to believe in God, but let us show you God's love. Let us be Jesus that you can actually see and that you can actually touch. Let us be something of action, not just a prayer. This is why God asks the question instead of just giving an answer. What are you going to do? And so many of us are like, man, I don't know what... I'm going to do. I love what Jesus said too. He said, where are we going to buy bread? Jesus is in your problem with you. He didn't say, where are you going to buy bread? He said, where are we going to? Look, look, I'm not making it up. He said it. Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? How many times when you're facing something hard, do you feel all alone? You feel all alone raising your kids. You feel all alone with your finances. You feel all alone in your marriage. You feel all alone at work. You feel all alone with your thoughts. You feel all alone with your depression. You feel all alone with your anger. All the different things that you're fighting and trying to be somebody that God's called you to be. And you walk in to church and you feel like, man, I can't even measure up. I can't even sing the songs. Everybody's singing more than able. But I feel like I can't even open my mouth because of all the stuff that's on my shoulders and you come in here and you look at other people worshiping you're like man they must have a great but I just can't even open up my mouth and God says I am with this and I am in this thing with you I haven't left you I haven't walked away from you where can we buy bread we're doing this thing together Jesus hasn't left you alone Jesus is right by your side even though you might have a hard time believing that he is real he is still right next to you and he is still believing that you're going to change and turn. He hasn't left you alone. He doesn't expect you to clean up before you come to him. He's the one who does the cleaning up anyway. So many of us feel so alone in our own minds. Oh, and you put on the good church face. Don't get me wrong. 
You come, oh, hey, uh, what's that? Lord. Then you walk out, get in your car, and feel, I feel so alone. Do you know who walked out in that car with you? Jesus. He sat down in that car with you where you felt so anxiety and depressed and you felt so much worry and stress and you feel like it's going to crush you. And Jesus says, where can we buy bread? We're here. We're here. We're together. And then verse 6, John 6, 6 says this. Said he was testing Philip. For he already knew what he was going to do. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. He was testing Philip. For he already knew what he was going to do. If there, listen everyone. I want you, please believe this with me. If there's a test, then there's an answer. Some of you are are facing major tests right now. But I want you to know there's an answer in your marriage. There's an answer in your financial struggle. There is an answer in your mental health. There is an answer in your physical health. There is an answer with your kids. There's an answer, come on church, there's an answer with your parents. There's an answer for your future. There's an answer for the past that you feel like you beat and now it's coming back up again. There's an answer for the addictions that you're fighting and you came in here this morning thinking that no one could ever see the private battle that you're waging against yourself and God says there's an answer for that. You might be going through the hardest test, but I want you to know there's an answer for those things. And, and as, as Philip is in this test right now, it's not just Philip, it's all of us. The Bible says something that, that brings me so much hope and peace. Let's stand to our feet. I, I'm, I promise I'm almost done. We're going to worship in a second. I, I do want to um, show you this thing. Hopefully it'll stay with you for a little bit like it's been staying with me. And I've been thinking about it. And I was just going to talk about it, but then I was like, no, oh, I wonder if there's a video or something that we can show so like there could be something for some of you who are visual. Like, like oh, this will stay with me. Um, that, that sentence that says, he already knew what he was going to do. Like, you know God's, he already knows what he's going to do with your family. He already knows what he's going to do in our politics. Whoa! Yeah, he already knows what he's going to do. You're not worried. No matter who gets an office. No, you don't even know who gets an office! No, 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 he knows. Some of you, like, some of you are, you, you are more faithful to your worry than God's sovereignty. 
And, and I'm just telling you, listen, you, you, can, you can go out with worry if you want. I, I'm going to go out with trusting that God already knows what he's going to do. Does that, listen, and for those of you who are like, well, I don't have to do nothing. No, no, no. You see what God said? Where are we going to bribe bread? So there's our part here. But God already knows what he's going to do. And some of us look at God like we wouldn't say this, but we have this idea that God's up there just as worried as we are. He's looking at a problem, just how are we going to fix this? And I thought about uh, this, this idea of a Rubik's Cube. I don't know if you ever, maybe some of you are good, some of you are, I'm terrible, I don't, I don't think I've ever solved one in my life. But I look at it, and I'm just like a cat, just ba 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 you know, just trying to figure it out. I cannot do it. Um, some of us look at God like that. Like he's like up there, just the world is a Rubik's Cube. And he's just trying to put it together. I, I saw this, and it's been staying with me, and then I thought, oh, man, I want to show this. The world record holder for the Rubik's Cube. Uh, I actually have a video of this. Um, I don't know if you guys can play this or not. Look at this. Walk how, look how fast. Yes! <laughs> what? I am weak mentally. How did that happen? You know how he did that? He already knew what he was going to do. Things that we think are going to take forever, God can do in three seconds. Things that we thought would never happen, God can do in in a moment. Like we were like, whoa, three seconds. What do you think Philip was when all of those baskets of food started coming around? Thousands of people. I'm telling you, God already knows what he's going to do. He's not up there worried, looking at the board like a big math problem. How am I going to put this world back together? Are you kidding me? Three seconds, boom, got it. Why? Because he's the creator of all. There is nothing out of its purview. There is nothing out of its hands. There is nothing too big for God. A mountain is a little speck of dust to him. I'm telling you, the things that feel like are mountains of worry in your mind will dissipate the moment you say, God already knows what he's going to do in my family. God already knows what he's going to do in my health. God already knows what he's going to do in my finances. God already knows what he's going to do in my relationships. God already knows what he's going to do in my future. God already knows what he's going to do. So I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to change my vocabulary. Come on, church. Change my vocabulary from saying, will you, to thank you. So I don't know what things you need to tell God thank you for, but right now, stop and the vocabulary, change it from will you to thank you, because he already knows what he's going to do. All over this room, come on church, all over this room, let's start telling God thank you. Let's start telling